do a little a little tiny setup and I'm going to throw it to you, all right? Hope I catch it. world i'm eric die i'm jeremy smith and i'm phil schneider and you're listening to church mag podcast number 161 they need to keep themselves busy because they don't want to think about all their problems at home people aren't being involved because you don't have the right kind of church app is that really what we've been called to do i'm on the edge of a burnout i'm not careful here This week's podcast is brought to you by Jeremy's Church Tech Devotional, Rebuilding. This devotional can be done on your own or with an entire Church Tech team, week by week, day by day, however you like. This devotional is for Church Tech by Church Tech. Learn more about Rebuilding on the Church Mag Press website at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. This week, we kick off our summertime fun with the not-so-fun topic of burnout. If you'd like to join the conversation and ask a question or share a comment, you can email us directly at podcast at churchmag or use the churchmag podcast hashtag cmagcast, and we'll share what you have to say on an upcoming episode. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider. Summer is upon us. Church tech teams. Ooh. You guys, are you feeling burned out yet? I mean, <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a great setup, Eric. I know, right? <laughs> what, what is it with, with volunteers and leadership that leads to such burnout, Phil? Your ability to transition <laughs> is amazing. I love it. I just, I, that was no transition. <laughs> I, it's like I, it's like I had, it's like I had a thing in a bag. And I reached it out to Phil, and before he could even get his arms up, I dropped it. You've already unwrapped it, <laughs> unboxed it, and dropped it. I think it's more than that. I think it's literally Eric had a ball in his hands and told me, Phil, I'm going to throw you the ball in a minute. I want you to catch it. And before I said, okay, Eric just threw the ball. Like dodgeball, overhanded as far as I could, three feet away. Yes. <laughs> I think that's essentially what just happened. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. Uh, yes, Eric, uh, burnout, something, I don't know how to respond to what you said. <laughs> I hope you're keeping all this in, by the way. Um, yeah, I think, I think summer is, um, I think we're heading into the summer season, and I know that I, I'm a I'm a public school teacher, so for me, summer means a whole lot, but I am definitely feeling like um, I'm on the edge of a burnout, if I'm not careful here. Um, I had like three panic attacks this week. Um, part of it's because... Like I'm, I'm taking on some grad school courses this summer, so a lot of it's just anxiety about what's coming. But um, I'm teaching every every week at church, sometimes twice a week, up until July, so that I can kind of like I'm I'm trying to f- cover the load until July, so that during the month of July, when I go back to school, like everyone else, like, I'll have people covering for me. So you know, I'm front loading some stress. But I was thinking about it the other day, and you know. Pastors and lay leaders, especially upper level lay leaders, because we are on an eternal mission, we sometimes, this kind of goes into our last episode a little bit here, we will sacrifice the present in in view of eternity. And there are times where God calls us to do that. And sometimes American Christians are hesitant to do that. Or at least the, the, usually, I'll play this, there's usually two camps of Christians. There's the camp of Christians who would never sacrifice the present for, for eternity's sake, and there are those who only ever do that. And the difference is, the ones who always sacrifice the present are usually the ones in leadership, and the ones who never will sacrifice the present are the ones who sit in the seats every week and just harp on leadership to do more. And so, what, what can happen is leadership will continue to do what they think they need to do for the sake of eternity. 
earn any and they won't take care of themselves, won't take care of their families and they will burn out. And I don't just mean, I mean this is not just some podcast encouraging folks to go on vacation. This is like, I'm literally, my point here is that we need to take a look at the stress load we bring on and figure out like, where can we make cuts? So what would you say to, you know, a church tech leader, he's listening to this. Lots of people aren't going on vacation. So he's, he's spending the summer, you know, filling the gaps, sticking, you know, putting his fingers in the holes in the dike, trying to trying to keep things from from leaking out. You know, he he, he says, I, I, I totally agree with you, Phil. You know, I feel like I'm on the edge of burnout, but he doesn't have somebody to back him up. He he you know, he he is the, you know, uh, filling the gap or the I don't know, all those macho terms that that uh, like manly church leadership uses. Right. You know, fill the gap and, you know, be strong and toughen up and, you know sacrifice and all this kind of stuff <laughs> what what do you say to them i mean because i'm sure everyone you're kind of preaching to the choir a little bit in that sense so what does it look like you guys as far as practical applications i mean so many church volunteers because they are willing to volunteer and put in so many hours so many people are on the edge of burnout but there's this feeling that you know it's not going to get done so who else is going to do it I guess it's me. I mean, that's a great point. That's a that's a that's a fair point because there's a lot of times um, I'll I'll be doing things at church and I'll have to take a week off to go. Like I took a week off for a wedding, okay, and I left a list of tasks I do every week. I can guarantee you most of those tasks didn't get done because the people who were left to do them didn't see them as valuable. I'm not saying that like bitterly, like they didn't see value in what I do, but they don't they don't see the they don't understand the week in week out what I do provides consistency for others and helps keep things from uh, from breaking down. So if one week some of those tasks don't get done, it's not really the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just my way of helping to guarantee that things run smoothly in my absence. Um, but because of that, because I see the value in it, it's, it's easy for me to kind of obsess over those things and to like run around. And these are tasks that like should be completed, but really week in, week out, it's okay if they don't get done a week or two um, because I'll learn to, you know, muscle memory and institutional knowledge will carry us over a few gaps, but you can begin to see every small task as like, you know, um, a gospel task. Like this can't, I have, I have to do this. This is for the gospel. This is for the kingdom. I, ha- I cannot not do this thing. And that's where we can kind of uh, overemphasize our, I don't say our own value or our importance, but we can take things to uh, um, an extreme. For me, it's really hard to undo the psychology of this. Um, but you're going to try anyway. Oh, no, I can't. I don't think I can undo it with this one. For me, the big thing with this process is that it, when someone struggles with something, like if someone struggles with substance abuse, which is kind of my big forte right now, there's a reason for that. There's something that's driving that. If you decide to get angry at someone and yell at them, you're getting something out of that. And there's some benefit there. And for us just, just to simply say, you know what, maybe you could stop. Maybe you just don't do it anymore. Is actually a recipe for failure because there's a benefit to yelling. There's a benefit to overworking and getting towards this burnout. And we have to recognize what that is to be able to replace it. Otherwise, we're just going to put another bad habit in there. And so for some people that's work and work and work and work and work, they need to keep themselves busy because they don't want to think about all their problems at home. And so they volunteer at the church Um, for other people. They want that feeling of being needed 
and they're not getting it where they're at or they're not getting as much or that spiritual components has been twisted in some unhealthy manner that they think that that's more important than other things. And so that value that they're giving is extremely important for them. And so we have to recognize that, that that's the case sometimes. I, mean, I wonder sometimes when we throw out topics, Eric, they have any kind of psychological bent to them at all, because whatever you say, Jimmy's just going to come in and give us a quick little thesis. I know, right? <laughs> well, I, and I, I think that even just a, let, let's make it super personal if you guys want, if you want to go there. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, then cut it off if you don't like it. Well, apparently you want to do so. <laughs> this podcast, what are we getting out of it? We're not getting paid for this. I mean, even Eric, you, you're not making boatloads of money off of this even enough to say it's a side job and yet we still do this and why is it that we do this we're getting something out of this so if we ever get to a point where our our life is too difficult so we say oh maybe we should just cut back on the podcast but it's giving us something i think we've identified it pretty early of what are some things that we get out of this but to know that if it starts to cause us problems we have to recognize what we need to work on to be able to still feel healthy and still feel well. Now that thing that we're replacing, maybe it is unhealthy and we need to pray and come to Jesus about some stuff, but I think it's important to recognize that that's there. So what well, basically what you're outlining in your thesis is that if we're feeling burnout or we're on this edge of burnout, we need to really look at our lives and figure out why are we burning ourselves out intentionally? Because it seems like maybe maybe sometimes I wonder if there isn't a lack of church volunteers as much as a lack of church volunteers who are, are willing to follow you in becoming burned out and overextending themselves. Part, part of it's figuring out and boiling down to what is our driver, is what you're and saying. And then you also throw in the fact that, that, oh gosh, that we put in there... This is the best way to communicate and to market to your team. This is the best way to maximize your church volunteers. And what you're basically saying is, is those that are weak enough and easy enough to fall prey to this process, you're going to get them. Right, right, right. I'm not I'm not saying that's their intent. I'm not saying that that's even what they hope happens. But that's a big, big, big possibility. What do you think of that? What do you think about that, Phil? As somebody who, who you know, feels this burnout, who's been around it, you know, you've grown up in the church, you've been around it, you've experienced it yourself. What, what, what do you think of that analysis? Is that is that a hard pill to swallow? Do you see it? Do you understand it? Like, wh- what are your thoughts after hearing that? I, I don't know. I, I, Jeremy, throw, me, throw, me, throw, throw it at me again, Jeremy. Okay? Say it, say it a different way. I want to hear yeah. that again. <clears throat> okay. If we have a lot of people that are struggling with burnouts. Right. Um, and the church is full of sinners and people that struggle in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try to maximize our impact. So even the whole Steve Jobs conversation that we previously had, right. we try to get every ounce out of them. We try to maximize the impact. And so in some regards with that, we're getting those people that can't say no. And mm-hmm. that's a huge piece of the pie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so to the extent you're thinking we, we're helping them trade an addiction to sin or self with an addiction to church. If marketing is done the way marketing typically is like on TV, on other places, if we're not doing it holistically in a God fearing way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I absolutely agree. Um, my church is actually, we're going through our leadership team is going through the book, simple church by um, Eric Geiger and Tom Rainer, um, looking at like, 
paring your church down to like the most essential things and then freeing people up to have actual time to live their lives in the community and to be the light they're called to be by Christ. Mm-hmm. I love that concept. I, I, I have thought for years, Phil, that um, as much as we talk about church marketing and, and advertising and all this stuff, I've always wondered like maybe the best quote unquote advertising and PR the church could have is if they would just go out and do things that are worth being noticed. Yeah, exactly. No, I totally agree. I mean, the greatest advertising for a church is a, is a changed life. And so if people aren't coming to your church, you maybe you're not changing right. lives very much. Did you have a lack of participation of church events or lack of church volunteers for your church tech team or any other team in church? Is it because you don't have a special church portal for people's phones to go to to figure out what's going on? Or is it because there's a lack of interest because your church isn't providing something worth people attending and being involved with? Or maybe you've got tons of people, right, right amount of volunteers, but your people aren't any different than they were when they first came to your church. We, as well as our listeners, are people that are involved with church tech, and we love we love technology solutions, right? But so many times we, we, we create a solution or we create a, a, a tool or, or or something. And then we think, wow, it'd be great to use this because this is fun. And we'd like to use technology for solutions. And we have this cool tool. Where's a problem that we can find to use this tool on? And it's almost backwards thinking, right? And so we scramble to find what a problem might be. And oftentimes I think we throw this huge tool at a small problem that if we really made some organic changes wouldn't really be a problem in the first place, let alone a problem that would require such a big, hefty, expensive tool, which is, which is hard, which is kind of hard to say for somebody who likes, you know, slide projection and, and good sound and, and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes I wonder, gosh, you know, we put so much focus on having the right feeling in the room and the right stage design and good sound and proper website and good portal as important as those things can be at times sometimes i wonder we put so much focus on that we we're actually not producing anything of value and substance because if people aren't coming to your church when you don't have good sound and good lights if people aren't coming to your church because they are being involved because you don't have the right kind of church app is that really is that really what we've been called to do is that really what Jesus has outlined to make change? I'm afraid not. Well, here's a question to ask. If, you know, if you're, why, why do we create flashy services? Why do we need good music? Why do we need this? Why do we need that? Like the idea is we need these things to appeal to people on the outside. So they'll want to come inside and hear the message. Then they can become insiders and they won't need those things anymore. Right. And they can just be, have Jesus and the family and that's enough. But I don't feel like we ever got to that point. I feel the people we draw in with those things, they stay with, they stay with, they keep wanting that. Like Wednesday nights, Wednesday nights we offer acoustic worship and, and some like in-depth, not like super, not like super college level deep, but in-depth teachings. And we have, let's say if we have 350 attend on a, on a Sunday morning, we'll have a hundred or just under attend Wednesday nights for the acoustic worship and the, and the teaching. Because and I wonder if it's because it's not what Sunday mornings are. They only want that one thing. Yeah, you know, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have good sound and we shouldn't have these things. I'm not saying that at all. Please don't take me wrong. I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have those things. I'm just, well, all I question is where our big focus is. What is our big focus? What are we really trying to accomplish? You know, it's easy It's easy to get lost in the tasks. It really is. It's easy to lose sight of the forest or the trees, you know. 
Um, so, so I'm not really saying that we shouldn't do those things as much as maybe we need to think about what we should be focusing on. And if we still have room for those other things, great. But let's not, let's not, let's not forget our primary mission. And maybe that's something that leads to burnout, you know, where we lose focus of what our real goal is. What are we really trying to accomplish? Because we get so lost in the weeds and the details in getting things done. Maybe, maybe that's part of what leads us to burnout in some cases. And us changing our ways isn't necessarily going to fix the people. And so this is probably going to require more than just a corporate shift for churches. Probably going to take some education, some research, some training. I think that that's important. And you're investing in your team, which this is important because it takes more effort to find volunteers. It takes more effort to find staff. It takes more effort to get them trained and to get them on your schedule and to basically comply and work with where you're at as opposed to just keeping people on staff. So from a managerial business standpoint, it makes sense to not have burnouts because it's going to cost your church a lot more, even if it's in time and donuts to, you need to circumvent that. Also, we care about people and their souls and everything. So maybe we should do it for that too. So if, if somebody's listening to this and they, they feel they are burned out or they're feeling burned out or they, they they have burnout creep or they see it around the corner. What, what kind of tips, what kind of, what insight, what, is there something that you guys could share that would, that would really help those feeling it? I think the first step is to one, pray about it, you know, um, and then I think step two is to seek counsel. So if I'm like a spouse or close friends or like ministry partners, or your pastor, like, Hey, I think I'm, I think I'm burning out. Help me figure out like what area of, of in what area I'm, I'm stretched too thin and how I can pair things back and get into a godly balance. I'm a little bit hesitant to offer practical solutions only because yeah, each person's different. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that's true. I think that what Phil has is perfect. I, hundred percent on board with that. I agree too. That's step one in the process. Maybe my question to you guys is for you personally, what do you beyond what Phil has said, because that's the foundation. What do you guys do to avoid burnouts? Like what's your action steps practically? Personally, I, I, I don't feel like this is something that I've ever done well because the way I'm wired, I, I don't, I don't, I don't handle that well. Um, the way I'm wired, I, I, I'm 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 subject <laughs> I'm subject to that, but I I think I've seen what the answer can be, and I've done it a few times, and I think that it is uh, two things. Number one, it's being able to say no, okay, right? Being able to say no. Uh, I, I shouldn't have said numbers. Trying to find some overlap in areas like. Is this new thing or is this thing I'm going to do, does it overlap with anything else I do to create some synergy, you know, so that um, I'm not duplicating tasks? Like, I'm, all, it's not that I'm taking on this new thing. I'm really taking on this portion of a new thing because half of this new thing I'm already doing, right? And so, the, it can create some synergy. And so, being able to evaluate whether or not I should say no based on that and then just realizing that it is okay to say no and that... To, to leave room for things that, that recharge you. Because sometimes I think we have a lot of, we have more bandwidth than we think we do. And then finally, 
Phil's talked about it a long time ago, an old podcast. We talked about the cult of busyness. When people say they're busy, what they want to say, what they really mean to say is I matter. And I'm being, I've, I, every once in a while I go through a phase where I try to really be mindful of not always telling people how busy I am so that I'm not finding so much value in, Oh, look how busy I am because that's really nothing to be really proud of. Is it? kind of off the top of my head, various thoughts I have. It Nothing too deep. Maybe we should just, I'll cut this out and we'll leave it on Phil's thing. <laughs> <laughs> this topic that we brought up, I think, you know, as people listen to this, they're probably like, oh, that's an interesting thing. I should think about that. And as we're recording, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, I should think about that more. And then I might have something valuable to say. <laughs> and then our wives hear it and then they hold it against us. Yeah, right. For me, the two big ones are um, I need to in preventing the burnouts is be honest with my priorities. I, I personally tend to either be too busy in the sense that I'm hurried and rushed and I just don't give it the time of day. And so it's not my priority or I'm not being fully honest with myself. And so I think that that's a big thing of it's important to work and to have money for my kids so that they can, you know, eat and stuff. When in reality, it's not as terrible as everything that's going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just having that hard look at yourself of, you know what? Yes, you are the money person in the family. That's your natural gifting. But yeah. And I think out. sometimes getting caught up in the urgency versus the important. That's something that comes up a lot in front of me because, I mean, we just all naturally do the urgent. But the problem is, is a lot of times the urgent doesn't have the kind of reward or the kind of progress that you need on the long term. And when you're constantly stuck in the urgent, I think you burn out a lot faster than when you spend time in the important. And the other one for me, if I'm already in burnout, is I just need rest. Um, and some for me, when I was in ministry, that rest was going into a, a pool that I could somehow and sorry, the ministry that I worked with turned it up to like 99 degrees. Um, and then just walk around with a little, like one of those floaty tubes under my shoulders and have a book. And I literally would just walk around and slowly float in this super warm pool and read. And that was huge for me. And then, and I've obviously don't have that right now. And so there's just other things I can do like gaming and other things that just help calm me down. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not as effectively, but I don't always have a super warm pool to walk around. Jeremy needs a pool. So we're going to start a GoFundMe yes, called uh, Jeremy needs a pool. I'll give you my <laughs> new PO box and you can just, what, do, what does Phil need? Does Phil need a pool? What, what does Phil need? Phil needs to sit down and just read a book for a, for a few hours. All right. Right. And I've learned that, that sometimes two hours of gaming is worth more than two hours of sleep. Um, so maybe think about that, guys. You know, you listen to the podcast, you may be feeling burned out. And look, you're between a rock and a hard place. A lot of times there's just, there's no way to give, you know. And maybe what you need to do is, you know, figure out, you know, what, what will recharge you and do that. Give yourself some space, you know. There's one thing that we learned coming from the Italian culture to the American culture, really hit us hard, is the velocity of life. The velocity of life in the United States is incredibly fast, okay? You, you, you're not a world leader by just taking your time and letting things play out. It's move head, go, 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 go. And that's, that's, that's not a healthy way to go. You know, life is a marathon, right? Slow down a little bit. Otherwise, you're going to burn out, people. So figure out what recharges you and do that. I thought life was a highway. 
Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag. You can find a link on the main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's churchmag, churchm.ag. And if you get a chance, we'd love for you to leave an iTunes review or tell your church tech friends about Church Mag. Until next week. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Well, Phil has it together. I've said that. I, I've always done that. No, it's absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, you do. No. You know why you have it together, Phil? Is because you don't think you do, and you don't act like you do, and you're real. That's why you're awesome. Because well, you're the real deal. This is... Well, I try to be as real as possible. It's hard to be real, though, when you're a school teacher and a yeah. pastor. Like, yeah. You spend all day with people you have to kind of lie to. Like... How you doing today, Mr. How you doing today, Mr. Schneider? I'm doing right. great. You know, I mean, how you doing today, Pastor Phil? Hey, I'm, yeah. I'm blessed. This, this this is why this <laughs> is why the Church Mag back channel is is very therapeutic because you can just be real. <laughs> yeah, I would one get into the back channel. Well, none of this going on. How would one get in the back channel? Oh well, you have to. <laughs> You have to to get in the inner circle. I go, Jimmy. Jimmy, the pitch. He's pitching it to the to something important, and Eric's like, "Oh, I'm cutting all this out." So. No, no, we're cutting all this out. You know, how do you get in the inner circle? Oh, I don't know. How do you get in the inner circle? You don't. It's the inner circle.